Right. So, we put a guy on the roof of Stoney's in Las Vegas, Nevada for 62 days during a pandemic. You know, social distancing. And asked him to ask artists as many questions as he could. He only had to have a brain to begin with. So this could go absolutely nowhere. But you're choosing to listen to an interview recorded in a state of national emergency. Please remain at least six feet away from your speakers at all times. This is Toad's COVID Chronicles. Hey, this is Toad from Toad's Tunes. During the quarantine, I took some time to get to know some artists just a little bit better. Out of it came Toad's COVID Chronicles. I don't know what it means, but you know what? Let's get to know Sam Grow together. Cool? How are you, man? Good, dude. Just uh, itching to get back out on the road because it's been this is the longest I've ever been at home and sitting in one place in my entire life. So Right. It's uh, It's weird. It's uh, uh, definitely um, odd because, I mean, we there's so much I want to talk to you about. Uh, we got all excited to do all the show stuff during ACM, and then um, we had kind of hoped to be able to do some more stuff during there. We just found out that this morning that they that they are doing everything in Nashville. Uh, they're not coming back to Vegas till next April. So we had we had, I mean, along with you playing there, we had uh, a big motorcycle ride with John Party with um, um, Randy Hauser. Um, we found out some other big artists were coming, but that's not going to happen now. And then, uh, Rodney Atkins was going to play that too. And then it went into, we were just kind of hoped that maybe that they would reschedule it in some sense and bring all the stuff back together. But we're, we're bummed because, uh, we play a big part in that, you know, and it's good for our business and it's good for you guys. And, uh, there's so many people in town from the industry. That's just, it's just rad. Dude, I was so pumped. Like, when we got the news that we were going to be on there and doing that show, I was so pumped and excited to be out there and yeah. grateful to be a part of it. And then when it all went down, I was like, Oh no. And, uh, and it was crazy. Cause it was like a part of a series of really cool things that were happening. Like you invited us out to do that. And then I got invited to go and do, uh, invited as a special guest at the, uh, the Opry to go. And that's like your first interview part of it. Right. So, and then of course, this all happens so it all gets canceled and i was like oh my god we will rerun this bad boy and we'll do it a little bit different this time we'll do it with you on there but i was excited for it because um i don't know if you know much about what i do and what i'm about but uh i'll give you the the the, the cliff notes is i champion newer artists that's what i love to do and I, i love to open up doors um and have the ability to do it with the club and with the radio stations and stuff like that and we have fun doing it and you're one of those artists i've watched for a while and then obviously uh the crew stuff you did and getting to know some of our regulars and all that kind of stuff is it's kind of uh, ran at full circle. So I was super bummed because um, those nights, the people that come out to Stoney's those nights, um, like in the previous years, we've had artists play and then the monsters come out like, like Cole Swindell came out last year, the year prior to that, two years prior to that. Um, 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 Thomas Rhett came out, uh, Lauren Elena, they just come out and they hang out with the artists and they'll get up on stage and sing with them. And these are all their friends and Hardy and Morgan Wallen got up on stage one year and just had a blast. And I'm like, this is what I wanted to do. You know, the more that I've read about you and your history with Adam Craig's and the Colt Fords of the world and, and, um, dude, it was your wheelhouse. It would have been, but we'll get it done again. I mean, uh, next year we should leave April open and try and rerun something similar and, um, See if we can have some fun again. But in the meantime of all that, we got to bring you back out on your own. Yeah, dude, I'm all about it. I can't wait. I mean, Vegas is easily one of my favorite cities. Like, yeah. goals is to get to a place where when I'm uh, 
old man, I can come out there and have like a residency and stay <laughs> stay yeah. out in Vegas, you know? Right, like, right, right. I love I love it there, dude. So it's a, any excuse to go out, I'm ready to go. It's an interesting town. I don't know if you have you ever stepped foot inside Stoney's before? Yeah. Oh yeah. You 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 have been in there before. I didn't I didn't know if you'd been in there before. I mean, I was we like to have fun there, dude. And when it comes to the music stuff, we dedicate an hour a week to live music and it's uh we probably spend the majority of our time and our work day based on that one hour. It's kind of funny. That's so cool, man. Yeah. Dude, I appreciate you being such a champion for new artists too. It's yeah. it's tough, you know. It's a as you know, it's a big political game, you know, to try to get a shot and get a chance and I really appreciate you taking a bet on me, man. It means a lot. I think the fun of it all is that that so we built Country AF Radio this March was um is it two years? I think it's two years. I got to go back and look. I think we've been open about two years now and we're doing about 40,000 listeners a month, which is uh, where we are primary uh, um, new music. I mean, that's kind of like what we, what we focus our stuff on and people are listening and people care. And um, I built a website called toadstunes.com where all the interviews I've done with the artists I put up there and it did 700,000 streams last year, which is to me, Dude, that's awesome. Of, dude, it's unheard of to like, I got hit up by a couple of the bigger people want me to go on radio.com and all that kind of stuff, but it wasn't the right deal, right time or anything like that. So, I mean, I want it to grow because it, I don't want to be Bobby Bones. I just want people to know more about new artists and new music. And well, I mean, dude, and I think a lot of people, they love radio and they got into listening to radio because it used to be a place for music discovery and right. then it just kind of used to stopped, be. you know? It used to be, and it's not even close to that anymore. I kind of, dude, I mean, I'm not, a, I'm not a hater on terrestrial because I know that a lot of those guys just have their hands tied, but I kind of am a hater on it because it's, it just seems like there's just a couple people that pick and choose what, what can be played and what can't be played and, and what they consider cool. But at the end of the day, there's guys like you and guys like Tyler Braden that, that, uh, uh, that are monsters out there um, on their own. I mean, even look at Cody Johnson for that matter. I mean, there's a dude that just, you know, just, grinded it out to where he's today and didn't to me i don't think he ever needed radio you know i mean maybe to get to the masses he did but whatever you know i lost you for a sec there yeah dude but, i mean didn't he sell out didn't he sell at a uh a stadium before any of that stuff happened like he down in he, texas he he did he's uh he sold out a few of those things. You know what? Um, I just told this story last night that um, when he came and played at Stoney's, he went for a run with, with his buddy that tra travels with him for exercise before the show and came in the front doors three o'clock in the afternoon for his sound check. And he goes, man, he goes, I'm a little nervous. And I go, why? And he goes, I'm not uh, just wondering how ticket sales are. So he doesn't have his finger on the pulse of what's going on. But before he played at Stoney's, he'd only played at South Point during like NFR and stuff like that. And I mean, that's a win-win for an artist like him every single time. And I said, dude, we're about 80 tickets shy of selling out. And 90% of our, of our clientele is walk up. So you're going to be just fine, wow. dude. Yeah, it, was yeah. quite, it was quite the night, man. It was. Dude, that's awesome too that he's that humble. Yeah. Know? That's great. I like it. I like it when they get big and they stay humble. That's my favorite. My dogs are going crazy right now. I have them outside. I thought it would be a good idea to have them like, outside but it's not they're going insane right now That's funny. my my girl's gonna be home any minute and uh my dogs go bananas so i just closed the door because they're yeah. gonna go nuts the minute she walks through the door it's funny yeah i thought man i'll just let them chill out it's a nice day so i was like i'll just let them chill outside and then the minute we started they just started going off that's funny where <laughs> like, are you at i'm in uh manchester tennessee 
Okay, cool. How far out yeah. of Nashville is that? I don't know where that one's at. It's like, uh, so you know uh, Bonnaroo? Yep. So Bonnaroo, this is where they have Bonnaroo. Oh, okay, is where cool. Um, but I'm about 45 minutes uh, outside of town, away from my label. But I'm, I live back on a nice little piece of property. I, I got uh, 17 acres out here. Oh, nice. Nice little cabin house. So it's, well, it's nice for quarantine. Dude, right? It's right. It's probably regular life for you. What what got you way out there, dude? So I come from like middle of nowhere towns. Uh, I spent six years of my life in Winfield, Kansas, where it's one stoplight, you know, kind of town. And then my dad, uh, he was a power lineman. He worked on like power lines and stuff. And so there was a big hurricane that came through southern the border of Virginia and Southern Maryland. It was Hurricane Isabel. So he moved us to Southern Maryland. In, a, in an area where I lived, grew like kind of grew up in a town called Mechanicsville, which is like fifteen hundred people. Right. So, I'd, like big cities are just I've never really felt you know like home there. So yeah. when I moved to Nashville, I came in and I was like off right off Second Street, which is dope Ouch. for a little while. Yeah, sure. dope for a little while. And then you like realize, man, I'm way too close to the bars. I could really develop a problem here. <laughs> so. And then I like missed having a dog. So I moved out to Franklin, Tennessee and uh, had like a little backyard so I could have a dog and I had a little bit of land and then that just made me itch to get more. So my goal was if I get, you know, if I got a publishing deal, a record deal, I could, you know, move away from town a little bit. So uh, September 2018 signed my record deal. So I was like, I'm first thing I did was look outside of town. I like it. And it's probably, uh, and you've been to Vegas. Uh, most of the homes are really close together. And uh, I've owned two homes here. I'm on my third September 2018. We bought this house and uh, nice. a half acre is a lot for Vegas. And uh, Yeah, dude. So, 100%. Yeah, we have a half acre and the dog's got a big backyard and they got a garage back there. A little, little bit of a shop and to store my dirt bikes and all that kind of stuff. So it's kind of a, um, I know what you mean just to get away from everybody. It's kind of nice. Yeah, it's nice to be on the outskirts. I mean, even when I come to Vegas, I normally will stay at uh, Hard Rock just because it's like off the strip a little yeah. bit. Yeah. I've just always been that way. I don't know why. It's <laughs> the like, tattoos like- and the motorcycles, bro. Come on. Don't be... Don't be don't don't be kidding anybody. It's all about the motorcycle. I said it's about the tattoos and the motorcycles. That's, that's right. That's true. That's true. That's, re- that's very you, true. You know, the Hard Rock's gone now. Are you serious? Yes, sir. It opens up. Yeah, it's opening up the day after the election. It's a it's a Virgin Hotel now. Oh man! Yeah, so we have to find you a new place to kick it. I don't know. I don't know how to feel about that, dude. Ah, it was. Uh, we actually looked at um, um, one of the clubs in there to actually move Stonies from where we're at to get us, you know, out of the per se locals market so much. To, uh, we actually looked at a a room inside of there last year before they shut it down and everything. So kind of, we know what's going on there, and it's 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 a bummer because there's so much nostalgia there. I saw so many cool artists play there in the big room and in the small room, but the joint staying, uh, I don't know what they're doing with vinyl. I don't know if that room's going to disappear or not, but we'll see. Dude. Oh, that hurts a little bit. I broke your heart. I'm sorry. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know if I'm going to be able to stay at the Virgin hotel. <laughs> when I go you back. guys, you guys got a badass one that's opening up down in Nashville too. A Virgin. Yeah. Yeah. Down yeah. Over there by, Dude, they uh, gutted, they gutted music road for that. Yeah, it's a monster. We actually looked at some stuff inside of there too, just to put a small stonies in there because we're looking to branch out and uh, do what we do. And um, Chris, the guy that owns Stonies, talks to Rod Essek a lot, you know, over at CAA. And uh, he was saying if we brought our model of what we do in Vegas 
to Nashville would be a game changer. So oh, do a Stoney's in Nashville would be badass. Well, uh, it's I would be a regular. <laughs> it's it's expensive. We went and looked um, um, across the street from Kid Rock's place. There's a corner there that has that's empty that's for for sale. But dude, I mean, it's not even realistic. They want like thirteen or fourteen million for the property and another eight million to develop it out. And you're like, this is crazy. Dude, good thing that you guys like waited for a little while. Cause could you imagine like just getting to a place that opened the doors and then this happens? Nope. I wouldn't like, want any. I wouldn't want any part of that, man. To be honest with you. How freaky is it right now to see like the strip completely shut down in Vegas? Okay, so I've lived here ninety nine percent of my life. Born in California, moved here when I was one, and um, I've watched this town grow. Um, been through some shit in this town with fires, Route ninety one all kinds of weird shit about the strip. But I was just down there today. I ran down to the office today because we're not too far off the strip. And dude, it's dead. It's the weirdest thing ever. It's like, I keep saying that we're living a movie right now because that's pretty much what it is. It just feels like a movie. Like every time you turn around, it's something new um, that I felt like I've been in a movie before or seen in a movie before. Yeah, it's creepy. I mean, dude, look at Broadway. Yeah, I haven't even gone down there because I saw like some people like have written down, like some of my buddies have written down just like film it because it's yes, so same. like eerie. Yeah. And, and I'm like, I, I won't go because I'm like, that's just, that's not anything I want to ever remember, you know? Um, I think we're going to pack it up one night, get in the truck and actually just kind of take a ride down and, and uh, soak it up before it's all over. We've, um, we've looked at some stuff. I just got an email about 30 minutes ago that said that the MGM pro- properties have uh, shut down all entertainment through June, through June. So they're talking May and June, another 60 days. So I don't. How, like, I just, man, this is where it, it, it's so, like, I get it. You have to try to do what you can to flatten a curve for a virus. Sure. But how far are you supposed to take it on the other end too? Because there's like, Last week, it was 30 million people unemployed. So now you have people that are jobless waiting on money. Yeah. And you have, you know, the pandemic going on. Like, it's a double-edged sword. It's the worst. And you can't ever ask any questions online about it either. Because the minute you say something, it's it's like a political war. I'm like, oh, my God. I was just trying to figure some stuff out, people, you know? Yeah. I mean, I'm on, um, I would say I'm on both sides of the fence because, you know, as someone that does business in the world, you kind of sit back and go, okay, it's a flu bug. And then you look at the other side. I still don't know anyone directly that has this COVID thing. I don't, I don't know one person and uh, I've heard stories, but I don't know one person. Um, Yeah. Which is, which is crazy to me, you know, and then you look at a guy like Joe Diffie and you look at a guy like Kenny Rogers and you, and you, and you see these stories and you wonder, dude, what the hell's really going on? You know? I mean, those are two monsters in the industry that you're in and that that we're all in. And it's kind of scary, creepy at the same time. And um, but then I look at the other side of it and I watched something online today about two doctors that said that everyone's gone overboard. It's no different than influenza that they didn't have a cure for. Did you see Dr. Drew? He lost his mind on one of those interviews. They haven't like had him do any more interviews after that one that went viral because he was like freaking out about it. He's like, people just need to do better hygiene and when you go right. out in the public places just do this and this and he's like you're making everybody panic and you're screwing up everything but- i didn't i didn't hear his i saw dr oz and i saw um dr phil both do that but then turn around and both of them apologized for it because it, they they couldn't be politically correct i mean yeah 
so our governor here is his name is Governor Sisolak, and we call him Sissy Pants. We call him Suck a Lot. We're just having fun with it. But at the end of the day, I understand what he's trying to do, you know. But we're also we're also trying to figure out, hey man, if you're healthy, um, you're living a good life, and you and you do have quote unquote good hygiene, and you do what you're supposed to do, you're you're gonna be fine, you know. Yeah. I don't, dude. I don't know. Don't even. It's it's such a crazy percentage too, but. Like I said, it's so scary to even talk. Like, we're not even allowed to have conversations about it because people get so upset. Like, it's insane. I'm just like, well, I mean, I get it. I, I don't want anybody to get sick. I don't want anybody to die. But I also don't want people to starve and lose their houses either. So, like, sure. what am I, you know, like, what side am I supposed to be on right now? You can't win for losing in that, you know? I, I don't, uh, I mean, I look at, for me, this is what I think about. I think about they shut down uh, a trillion-dollar business in Vegas with casinos all sports are done that's ridiculous i mean yeah that i mean to be able to shut down commerce the way they've shut down commerce is just beyond beyond me i don't i'm not saying i don't understand it but i never i never thought in my lifetime i'd ever experience anything like this anything it'll definitely be in like the history books yeah yeah i feel like i feel like this era is like gonna we're gonna be all over the history books dude like we saw some of the craziest shit like in our era of life like it's the craziest stuff from waco yeah stuff like that to 9 11 yeah to root to yep i mean just yeah pretty 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 bad i mean i don't um i don't know i guess we can always say as an old man that we've lived through some shit (laughs) yeah yeah we can like be that typical awesome grandfather that has like the warm right. leather chair he sits in all the time right. and like you know you know it's funny kids, you don't know i don't i don't i don't know my dad so i can't use that but um most people's dads they haven't really done a lot you know maybe maybe some of them were in vietnam or whatever but when you talk to the grandpa that's been you know the world war one world war two i think that's what we're gonna be like, we're gonna be like yeah legit you know that's exactly exactly you want to talk about a virus coronavirus in my day that's right we lost corona over the deal down everything y'all kids don't know nothing (laughs) yeah yeah my granddaddy's granddaddy walked uh, uphill in the snow barefoot but dude exactly oh yeah i lived it i lived it i think that's that's right dude let's talk music like when did you start like first start playing music like realizing it's something you wanted to do so, I mean, I started singing when I was like five in church and, yeah. uh, and loved it. And then I played ball, like for a long time, I was a football player. And uh, about middle of high school, I had some of my seniors that I was playing varsity with. And I was watching them go to like Penn State and uh, West Virginia. Right. And like first season, dude, they're getting hurt. Yeah. And I was like, and they built their whole life around getting D1, getting the scholarship, doing all right. And I was like, oh, my God, you know. And then they have to come home, and they're working for, like, their dad's shop or they're doing, like, all their stuff. And I was like, man, if these – because they were diesel, man. Like, I'm like, if they're getting jacked up when they're going and playing D1, no way am I going to be able to, like, scale through. So I was like, I'm going to start playing some music. So I literally – I lived in such a small town that when I quit playing football and switched playing music, they wrote a newspaper article about it. <laughs> and uh, and uh so yeah so i uh i started playing music and fell in love with it graduated early at 17 and then 
the minute that I graduated high school, I just started hitting the road. I was playing 250 dates a year. Then I started getting a band together and I had a band on uh, salary with me for uh, 10 years. Wow. So just cranking it, man. So when you first started, it was acoustic, just you and a guitar? Yeah, playing any place that they take. Even if they didn't have live music, I would go in and uh, I'd ask them, I'd be like, you know, if if you want, if you ever thought of the idea, I'll just come in and play for the people who are sitting at the tables. And I think I was asking for like $25 a set back then. And I was like, just pay me $25 a set. I'll come in and play. And if it's if people hate it, you can kick me out early. It only costs you 25 bucks. So I just started like having these little businesses that would right. never do live music start doing it around in and around my hometown. I think you and, set the uh, precedence for Broadway, though. Isn't that what they pay all the guys down there? Now? Yeah, right. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Sorry, fellas. <laughs> I'm going to yeah. go ahead and get that on the on, uh, you know, on the docket that that uh, you were the reason why they're only they only get paid 20 bucks exactly it's my fault i started it but yeah dude and then uh it grew how far and, west uh, did you go when you were doing that did you do that from I'm, from kansas or from maryland yeah so i did it from maryland because i graduated from uh, maryland okay and then but i i mean i would go across the country i've been out to uh la and san diego and all that uh a wow. few times over the grind um, yeah man just out there and i started in a truck and right. then got to a van and then went from a van to an rv and that sucker broke all the time right and then and then and now i'm in a bus which is awesome so super spoiled i had um ashley mcbride come through right before she decided to go ahead and blow up and become ashley mcbride and <laughs> like literally two three weeks and she rolled up in this um like it was weird. It was like half truck, half RV, weird looking thing. And like when I pulled in the, the office that day, I, I looked at it and I was like, what the hell is that thing? I've never seen that before. So when I sat down with her, I was like, do you, you know, do you ever drive this thing? And she goes, oh, hell no. I pay those guys to drive like that. And she goes, I'm the artist or whatever. But I understand. She was like, we have to do what we have to do. And this is what we ended up with. And then dude, two, three weeks later, she just exploded. But Dude, insane. She's the only girl that is endorsed by Jack Daniels. There's only three artists that are endorsed by Jack Daniels. And wow. One female. She's rad. I mean, you know, we gave her some Stony shirts. We gave her some uh, Country AF Radio shirts, and she still wears them. She just had some post like two weeks ago holding a baby wearing a Stony shirt, and we were like, yeah, yeah, love it. <laughs> That's love awesome. It. Yeah, that, that makes yeah. us happy. So first instrument you ever played was guitar, I take it? No. First no. instrument I played was piano. I'm terrible at it now, but that was the right. first thing that I played. And then I, I uh, realized that lugging around a piano was not as easy as uh, yeah. a guitar. So I started picking a guitar. But I'm assuming that playing piano, you learned how to read music? No. No. I was too terrible at reading music. I, yeah, I just would listen to it by ear. And uh, and even on guitar, I like lessons in the music theory it like never interests me at all so i went and bought one of those guitar charts from walmart and like stuck it on my wall right. and then just figured out where to put my fingers to make sounds you know like that was, funny. That was i it. just uh during the quarantine um this is Ooh, that's pretty man i got it uh i went to the um Epiphone factory in Nashville not too long ago and I picked up that and I picked up um um this last Paul too. Um oh you got a lust. Oh man. Can you tell what my favorite color is? Dude, that's beautiful, man. Tell them blue. 
Love it. You know that. You know that thing sounds good. It does. You know what's funny? I'm not very good at it. I play the drums for fun. I bought a bass because I was told that's a lot easier to learn than a guitar. But <laughs> I just I spend maybe half hour every other day just learning a couple new chords and trying it. And just because I don't have anything else to do. Dude, that's where it starts, man. Yeah. I don't yeah. ever want to be you though, but because you guys, you guys do something that's really really cool. Um, I like to say that uh, an artist that gets up in front of people has something wrong with them, not a bad thing wrong with them, but something just a little bit because you guys have to be different to get up in front of a crowd and tell your story. And again, I've done a little bit of reading. I never read about artists before I sit with them, but I read some stuff about you, about how you don't like to write music. You don't like to sing music unless you feel what it's about. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Why is, I mean, I'm not going to say why is that, but a lot of people don't do that. A lot, a lot of people maybe just seeing what feels right or they think people might like, why, why are you different like that? Cause I think that uh, we are definitely in a genre of music that an audience that's looking at somebody sing something uh, they can tell instantly whether you relate to it or not. Right. And I think that like to sing a song just cause you think it's a hit uh, is the wrong reason to sing a song. I think that every artist that made a song a hit, it was because, of the magic of them being there and experiencing that, even if they didn't write it, it's something that they can feel and it's true to them. So I just, if man, if it like, I love to fish. That's one of my favorite things to do. I'm not a hunter. Like I like to shoot guns and stuff, but I don't, I don't go out and hunt. I don't want to get up at 4am. I hate getting up that early and I don't want to, you know, like I'm just not going to do it. And sometimes you get a deer, sometimes you don't. So you're not going to hear me singing songs about hunting all the time and stuff like that. Cause I don't do it. And instantly they would know that I'm lying, you know? I, I think that that's like one of the most important pieces. I'm looking at some of your singles on this other side of the computer over here. Uh, one of my favorite tunes is um, I'm not him. Thanks, um, man. That song, uh, that song's pretty bad because I, I believe bad in a good way, because I believe that, that um, it's all about relatability and yeah everybody's been through all this kind of stuff before. Um, but for you to get out there, tell your story that way. I mean, um, even that she ain't one of those, that, that song's pretty rad too. Thanks man. I like them all. I mean, that sort of thing. But I know, uh, nobody's That's me boy, Adam Craig. We wrote she ain't one of those. Yep. yep. Yeah. I saw that. And, uh, over a bottle of Jameson, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, dude. An entire bottle of Jameson. <laughs> <laughs> Rather that. Rather, it was a bad day when we both stood up. We were like, "Oh God!" Yeah. <laughs> we drank it, the whole thing, straight. Yeah, on ice, a handle of it. He had it on his bus, and we were just catching up, and uh, we just kept pouring each other drinks out of that handle, and we crushed it. And right, that was it. Yeah, that'll do it. Um, let's talk pandemic a little bit. What's, what's something that you think that, that you'll take out of this as a growth for you during this time, something that you've learned about yourself or about your family or about your music or your home? Yeah. I mean, for sure. It's, it's made me, I've always been a guy that has never taken having this job for granted in the first place. Yeah. But I think what, I did not hold on enough is the moments. Like when you're doing this job, it's always like, okay, this is dope. What's next? This is dope. What's next? Right. I, and, and you're never like just living in it. You're always thinking about what is the next thing that's supposed to happen or what are you going to do next to, to elevate whatever. And 
living in the moments, I think, is what I want to do more of. Soaking in that that energy and that feeling that I get when I'm out on the road and when I'm on stage and when I'm in different cities. Um, I'll never take that for granted. Uh, you know, for granted ever again. You know, right? Being at, being on the road. Who's been your Who's been your favorite person to perform with so far? Like as a as an artist, not necessarily maybe an idol per se, but just someone that you've really had a good time with and sharing the road with. Man, for me, it comes from such a, a personal place just because he took I'm big on anybody who takes a bet on me, man. Like right. no one owes no one owes me anything. And uh, when they take a bet on you and they truly believe on you, that's something I don't ever take for granted. And uh, Colt, man, yeah. like not only did he sign me onto his label and produce my, my new stuff and, you know, tell everybody about me, he's taking me on the road and just learning from him and his crew, uh, it it's – the best and i love being a sponge out there with him and he man i mean he's done it from the crown up you know and grind again yeah yeah and and not a lot of radio support i mean he himself has written a ton of number ones right and he's a phenomenal writer producer artist everything but grinding it out and then he can still go out in the middle of like nebraska and sell two thousand tickets and then there's another guy that's you know maybe got a smash on the radio and he goes out the same place in nebraska and he can't sell 200 tickets right so learning from the grassroots of him and truly understanding like every person man like it, there's colt ford is exactly what you see on stage and in a in front of a camera is exactly what you get off right. stage and off camera and he tries to completely be transparent in that and i just love learning from him it's funny we have a a, a regular that comes through stone i don't want to say a regular but an artist that comes through stoney's out of northern california his name is brody stewart i don't know if you know him or not heard of him yeah yeah colt went laid some tracks down on a brody single too and and um um it's kind of neat to see him out there and doing the stuff that he's doing and champion artists. I didn't realize. So I went on, on to average Joe's website. I know Carter winter pretty well. Um, I don't know if you have a relationship with him or not. Um, it is my boy. I, uh, his next single that's coming out, I'm a co-writer on it. I need to kick his ass in a good way. Uh, he called me the other night and he's like, dude, you got a second? And I said, sure. Calls me on FaceTime and I'm like, what's up? And, uh, he plays this little joke on me, and uh, <laughs> oh, did he do this to you too? The the bat, the hang up, hang up, dude. He did the same thing to me. Uh, yeah, I think I think collectively we should kick his ass. And it's funny because I want to do this with him, but I don't. The, his first interview he ever did was with me, and uh, yeah, and it was pretty funny. Like I've he's played at Stoney's probably four or five times, maybe a little bit more than that. He's come back and helped us with some fundraising shows. And do you know Adam Mossberg? his buddy yeah. so yeah, yeah. dude funniest story ever was carter had a show i don't do openers at stoney's unless it's acm it's the only time i ever do it like if you called me and said bro i i you know we're, we're we're traveling with this guy i'd be like man it just doesn't fit our room i would try everything to get out of it but so he asked me who's opening for me i said carter that's cute you already know i don't do this well he introduced me to adam adam came up did the interview with us and then uh, he played this song and i was like holy shit like this Adam dude's a badass. So yeah, I let I let him Adam play like five songs before him and you I let don't, him break the rules. Absolutely. Absolutely. Nice. Because it's like one of those things that you sit back and it's like I trusted Carter's judgment in that sense, but I've watched him grow um from being super I don't know if uh insecure is the word, but maybe um 
uh, an introvert to being a little bit more of an extrovert these days, which is super cool. Like I would never expect him to call and play that joke on me. I mean, I know him yeah. kind of well, but I don't know him that well, but yeah. like, it's I, been, dude, I think the time, uh, him having the time to kind of be off the road and, uh, you know, do some of the, the self evaluating stuff that he's been doing is completely flipped, you know, right. his, his everything, you know? Uh, yeah. Once you, obviously, you know, cause once you get to know Carter, he's, you know, super funny, cool dude. But yeah. at first he's always like standoffish cause he's, yeah. it's just literally because he's an introvert. Yeah. That's rad. And he's all yoked out now too, man. That dude works out enough for me. So I don't have to. Oh, he stopped doing it. Did he tell you that? He, he, yeah. He goes, dude, he, I, cause I was like, bro, man, you're like getting jacked. He goes, yeah, no, then quarantine hit. And he goes, and all I do is sit around and sleep and drink Miller Lite now. He goes, I'm not doing it anyway. He goes, he goes, I'm either all in or I'm completely out, bro. And he goes, and I'm completely out right now. That's pretty funny. The owner yeah. of Stoney's just wrote me and he said, Monday, John Rich's bar in Nashville is opening up. Really? Yeah. Man, they, they did the 50% lift this past week. and uh, And then they said, like, we had one of our biggest overnight spikes in uh, COVID nineteen. Like really, the next day, and they, I think they're still. I think they're still going to open it up. I don't know. Chris and I were talking about reopening Stoney's at fifty percent once we're quote unquote a, a, allowed to. And I mean, our cap's right around twelve hundred. So I mean, like six hundred isn't that bad, you know? I mean, but what's yeah. the difference to me? It's like well, I don't. I don't understand the difference, you know? If you're yeah. That's where we'll go back to talking about all that crap again. But what's the what's the first thing you want to do when you uh, get out? <laughs> Dude, I'm so ready to be on my bus and play shows. Like, yeah. I'm itching to be out, especially dropping a song during this. Right. The first thing you want to do when you drop a song is be able to go out and play it and see if people are listening to it. And what song are you talking about? Song about you. Have you heard this song yet? No, but you're going to play it for me in a second. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, bro. Um, no, dude, hold on. Give me two seconds. I'm gonna look about something. Song about. I just want to see if I added that or not. I believe that I'm feeling. I think you added it. I think I do too. Um, I feel retarded right now. Where are you? Yep, I play it. I do play yeah. it. Yes. I'm like I fucking know that, but um. <laughs> dude that's dope it's badass that you added it and you haven't even heard it yet no i have heard it because here's what i do is i go out and i listen to the music because okay so monday through friday 12 to 3 actually for another 20 minutes i have what's called toad's tunes i play nothing but brand new music and i don't just take music and put it in there i'll go out and i'll listen to it i'll make sure that i like it because i don't want to play anything during my time that i don't like um i mean three what is that three times five, 15 hours a week are dedicated to nothing but brand new music not in the middle of the night but in the middle of the day when we have the most listeners so i get a lot of messages back and forth but i added like 15 new songs this just um just this past week um that i was super yeah i was excited from everything from like um uh randall king which is super traditional country all the way to the pop country of twinny to um, I'm digging on uh, Alana Springsteen right now. That song with Fillmore. I don't know. If, I don't know if you've heard that tune, yeah, but I've heard it. Yeah. Even to your stuff. I mean, I like Boots. I like. I mean, um, but let's let's hear a song about you. Let's hear your brand new single that we're already playing on Country AF Radio. Yeah, man, I'll play right now. 
Robert songs of Ballarat, 40 hour hard work, dive bars to one and be somebody. Songs of Ballarat, tourism, high principle, small towns where everybody knows everybody. What's it like? Yeah, tonight, I want to hear a song about blue eyes, making love all night. Just one little Taylor Phillips and uh, Kenton Bryant and Joey Hyde wrote that song. I know Kenton. That's yeah, the only one I know out of that group. Dude, so Taylor has been, uh, he's been my best friend since I went on tour with Kelly Pickler and he was selling her t-shirts at the time. And we became like really good friends and kept writing songs together. And uh, Taylor just all, he moved to town to be a songwriter. Super poor, sold everything he had. He was from Sanford, North Carolina. Right. Moved to town. Then he wrote uh, Hurricane for Luke Combs. He wrote Good As You for Kane Brown and Homesick for Kane Brown. So he's got three number one songs. That. He's, 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 uh, uh, he went back and bought back everything he sold. Literally, he's back <laughs> in Stanford, and now he just, he's buying land and building this house out there now. Good so. for him. Yeah, dude. Those stories are awesome, man. I love stories like that. We, yeah. we actually had a uh, good old Luke. Luke came and played at Stoney's um, right when the hurricane hit. Uh, tre- not terrestrial uh, satellite. It was on the highway. He he played for us. We paid him five hundred bucks. <laughs> what? Yeah. That's awesome, dude. That's, I always talk. That's about so that. cool. 
yeah. those stories have to be so cool for you, man. Like the early, the early, I mean, uh, that one was rad. He actually opened for Corey Smith, which was really weird. Cause we don't do openers and they like begged us to put him, put, put him on like the booking agent. Like we listened to hurricane. We're like, shit, let's do it. You know, I can, I ran into him at root, um, the, at the last route I ran into Luke and he was like, uh, what's going on toad. I'm like, what's up? And his manager Cappy says to this date, still the best hospitality we ever had. And that to me is worth everything in the world to remember us like that, which is cool. Yeah, that's massive. I mean, we've done it with Ashley McBride. We did it with uh, Russell Dickerson. Um, I shook Brett Young's hand and booked a show, paid him two grand. And his first single that went number one went number one the Monday after he played at Stoney's, which is pretty fucking rad, too. Dude. Two grand, I paid him. <laughs> That's so awesome, man. Yeah, That's we, badass. Yeah, we get lucky every now and then. I know that, like, there's some artists that I, I listen to, and I know that they'll only play Stoney's once, you know. Um, uh, we'd love to have Russell back one more time, but I don't think we can afford him anymore. Jordan Davis has been there a few times, and I don't think we can afford him anymore either, which is. Dude, Jordan's my boy, man. Yeah, we like him. We like him. He plays at Stoney's a lot of private gigs for uh, Diamond Resorts. Him and Lindsay L come through a lot. And actually, Colt Ford was supposed to come through just when all this pandemic shit hit. He was supposed to come through and play. Um, we were working on a show, booking him to play, but I don't think I can afford him either. I just can't make the numbers work because. Man, I think you're going to be able to be completely surprised and shocked when this thing's over because Live Nation is pretty much like shutting down on a lot of the. Yeah. the stuff and booking so i think there's going to be a ton of artists that are going to be looking to get back out on the road you know and i don't want to hear that to the, <laughs> according to them it's a small small room quote unquote even though your room is big and gorgeous to me you know but yes. yeah. uh to the you know when they play like ten thousand seats but uh i think dude i think you're going to have so many people that are going to be into coming through I think that I might ag agree with you. I said, I, I hope you're not right with that. Cause I just bought a bunch of stock in live nation. Cause it's so low right now. Oh, <laughs> but, I mean, it's going to blow up. <laughs> back, you know, it's just right now. <laughs> I think it's, it's yeah. a, it's a long play. Definitely not a short it's, play. It's good, bro. You'll get everybody's, you know, stacked at Stoney. Stoney's will be crushing. You just keep buying in live nation. And then right. when it all goes back to normal, then right. I'll be rich again. You're double, double rich, you know, that's pretty fun. <laughs> I don't, I never, you know, I know that when we do open because of our local market, I think that the, 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 the kids I say will, will come in drones, man. They will come because they need to get out and a bar's a great place. And the people that come there, they all dance. And, uh, but I've like, my next show that I have booked is June 12th. I've moved everything up until June yeah. 12th. And, um, I don't even know what I'm going to do with that show because I'm kind of sitting in a world and that one just happens to be Randall King, which is it's his first time coming through. I'm super excited to have him out, but, I don't know what's happening. I like that part's that part's crazy for us too. It's a it's a game of chess because we're not quite sure, you know. Yeah, because you can't you don't want to mess up and not have anything, then you're screwed because you don't have anything going on. Right. And then right. if you book it, and then it, yeah, it's a again a double edged sword. It definitely puts you in a weird spot, bro. It is, like I, I feel think, for y'all. I think I'm gonna have fun with it because what'll happen is the minute we get a green light to know that how many people we can have in how we can open what we can do the first thing i'm going to do is call uh the younger artists that that are you know that can get on a plane and we have a back line that just want to come get out and play and i know there'll be a lot of them um and pay them what we normally pay them put them up where we normally put them up but i think it'll it'll happen i'm hoping that it happens quick like that i think that would be rad and and uh i'm 
I'm a live music junkie. I've been that for uh, many, 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 many years. And it's, it's uh, something that, that, that I've always been a part of. Not always country music, but it's something I've always been a part of that I absolutely love. And I can't wait. I just can't wait. I mean, what was your, what was your first jam before country music? What were you listening to? Um, dude. So growing up, I listened to, so my parents were in, uh, the casino industry. So, um, I grew up listening to the Rat Pack. Um, dude, um, that's awesome. It's, and I, I would go see them, which was even, I'm old. I'm a lot older than, than I, I look. Uh, but, um, I would go see them play. Uh, I would, I played softball with Willie Mays. Like my, my stepdad was, um, my stepdad was kind of a big deal back in the day, back on the East coast when the only casino in New Jersey was resorts. Yeah. My girlfriend tells me all the time I should write a book, but, um, I've, you seen, legit some, should, dude. I've, seen, some, <laughs> I've seen some shit, but, um, but the end of the day, I was like, I grew up listening to a lot of old styles of music. My mom took me to Fleetwood Mac cause she didn't have a date. She got a divorce and wanted to go to the show. And she's like, I'm sorry to put you through this. I'm like, mom, I'm probably going to know more of the songs than you will. She's like, whatever. So we went and she walked out and went, what the hell? Like, who are you? And I'm like, I'm just yeah. a music. Like I grew up listening to, um, the cult, um, um, and I, uh, to the to the opposite side of that, to bands like The Cure that were, you know, um, all that late 80s, early 90s kind of weird stuff to growing up through the 2000s, listening to Taking Back Sunday and all dude, that. Dude, that's my, obviously that's my shit, dude. I love, I love any of the emo, screamo stuff. Yes, like my, when I first got into music, that's literally what I did. I played backup guitar and sang backing vocals because I have an accent. So you ain't going to be singing screamo music with a right. twang, you know? So like I would just play backgrounds and sing backgrounds and that's all i wanted to do was wear my freaking you know etni shoes and being a <laughs> emo band <laughs> you ever hear of the band called envy on the coast yeah yeah uh, they 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 toured with taking back sunday and i was a huge tbs fan and they opened for him one time and I, for some reason i didn't go see the opener don't know why well i found out about the band like a week and a half later found out that they opened i was pissed and then they broke up and i'm like come on, man. I, I really want to see this band. They just got back together again and they, and they played in New York and then they started this little tour and in May they're going to, they were going to be in Nashville and they were going to play at the Brooklyn bowl in Nashville, which I don't really. Yeah. But clearly it's not happening now, but I was going to fly out there and finally get to see them. Oh, I was so sick. excited, but um, that's the kind of music that I loved. And um, our sound guy at Stoney's, his name is Matt Bruning. Um, he tours with the killers and oh. You a fan of them? Yeah, dude. I mean, hundred. This was, dude. So my real name is Jeff, and let's see if that works. Can you see what that says? Yeah, dude. They pres so they hooked you like that's your own. They gave you one. I helped them get their record deal. No way. You helped the Killers get signed. I did. I did. So the dude, guy I'm not even a big reader. Now I definitely want you to write a book. <laughs> <laughs> like I would read your book. So I built a website in Vegas years ago called LVLocalMusicScene.com. And um, I pushed indie artists. That's all I did is uh, I wanted to figure out a way to get the biggest band in LA, the biggest band in San Diego and the biggest band in Vegas to trade shows um, because that's the only way to get them on the road. Yeah. Um, like, you you saw it firsthand. You you got to go out and get paid twenty five bucks and beg a guy to let you play so they could hear, hear your music. Well, here I was. I had this scene in Vegas. I would do shows at House of Blues um, and just local bands. Eleven hundred kids would come out to every single show. It was like it was a win. So I'm like, fuck. Why can't I do this in 
in West Coast markets. So I started doing that, taking a band in San Diego with a band in LA and a band in Vegas, and we'd trade shows. So everywhere they went, they were playing to a lot of people versus just the grind. Yeah. And then through the website, I met a guy by the name of Braden Merrick. And um, if you actually read the book by the killers, I'm in it. Uh, my website's in it. And um, it took yeah. eight years to get that. And it just showed up at my porch one day. And I was like, this is the, the freaking coolest thing ever because that's all I really wanted out of it. Never wanted money or, but. You just want to see a good band win. Um, I didn't, truth be told, I'm not a huge fan of the killers. And um, um, really? No, no. Um, I went and saw him at a Wednesday night here in Vegas at a place called the Boston. And there was a kid by the name of Homie Holmes Poozer. And he ran a show on our, our, our uh, 107.5 here called It Hurts When I Pee. And he would play new music. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so him and, I, him and I got together on a Wednesday and we went to uh, this place called the Boston. And they were supposed to go on at like, I don't know, 10 or something like that. They showed up at midnight. Before they, I mean, they were, dude, they were nobody. So their drummer, Ronnie, has been in every band in this town. Like, no joke. And their bass player was in a band called The Negative Pony. So we all, like, knew all these people. And uh, we watched them. We looked at each other and we're like, man, I just, I just don't get it. I mean, it literally sounds like Depeche Mode. Like, why are you guys trying to reinvent all this stuff? And, um, well, when Braden came around, it was kind of a neat story, that, the way he, he believed in him. I believe he was with RCA. He took him to his boss and they, they fired him. So he took him overseas. And then when they came back for CMJ, it was already picked because Brandon, the lead singer, wants to be his idol is Bono. So where else is he going to go? He's going to go to to Ireland, you know? So yeah. he came back to CMJ and that's where they picked up their deal. But truth be told, um, yeah, they, that sucks. They, <laughs> they did that show on Audience Network um, where they filmed them live um, um, in, in the UK. Um, oh, shit. Now I'm going to remember the name of the place. Uh, uh, the Killers um, live in UK. I forget. Uh, Robert. Robert. Uh, oh my God! What's the name of the venue? Albert Royal Albert Hall. Um, and I watched that, and I went, "Oh my God, these guys are pretty good." It took me twenty years to like them. To really, really like. I mean, I liked them, but dude, I I love their songs. But I mean, I I see like if you know, it's like the same deal. If you know somebody on more of a personal level, it's kind of hard to you know, be into what they are musically when you know them, know them, you yeah. know? You know, in our sound guy, when you, when you come through, his name is Matt. He actually still tours with them. He does all their playback for him and runs all their computers for everything. So he traveled the world and did it for a good 15 years. Um, um, he'll tell you some funny stories, good, bad, and indifferent. But at the end of the day is like Matt and I have been friends forever. And I brought him into Stoney's to do something. I want your guys' experience to be at a level that, that, cause most of you guys come from Barstow the week before Bakersfield and it's. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it, and then, and we were getting, I think we were getting ready to do that. What are we going to do? Yeah. That's exactly what we're going to, my Brad, my manager's here. So I, and he's like, yep, that's what we were going to do. Yeah. 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 Carter used to always tell us that on his tour, when he would get ready to go, he would see where Vegas was on it in Stoney's and he would know, okay, first half let's just get to vegas and then we know that we're home and then we can just finish out our second half and i that always like made me smile because uh for you guys we know what it's somewhat what it's like to be on the road and 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 struggle and play venues where they just don't get it and it's not it's not a priority to make the music sound good or the stage to not have holes in it or any anything like that yeah man it's so. it's definitely a team effort and yes. definitely along the way that some of that gets lost in some of the the clubs where they're and, mad at you and they didn't even put like I do it all the time. I play live nation venues on the East coast and 
they won't even announce that my show was coming up on their Instagrams and their socials and stuff. And then there go, you know, your pre-sales are great. And I'm like, man, imagine what they would have been if you posted a picture of my show. Like it would have been even better, you know, but if you would have helped, (laughs) yeah, it would have been amazing if you guys posted it, you know, but they don't. Yeah. We have a, we have a whole team and, and that's kind of like, uh, what we love to do. And, um, the end of the day is if it's something that we listen to that, that, that we like, I'm not going to say that well, I probably will say it. sometimes we go above and beyond um, to get people because we know that they may not know who they are, but we want to give them a chance. You know, I just want people to look at Friday night oh, at Stoney's awesome. and go, I don't care who's playing. I'm just going because I know it's going to be good. And that's, that's kind of where I want to get it to be. That's awesome. Dude. And consistencies. I mean, obviously you're a great businessman because that's how, I mean, Everybody goes to Starbucks all over the country because when they order a latte, it's going to taste exactly the same as it does in Maine as it does in California. So, you, dude, that's what I'm saying, dude. Like, <laughs> legit. That, that's what it is. It's that consistency. It's knowing I'm going to pay this. Maybe I don't know the artist, but every time I go to Stoney's, it's this yep. experience. It's an awesome experience. So, I'm, it's going to be fine. You know? Uh, people love that. Hell they yeah. want consistency. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and that's what's key. And that's what I think we pride ourselves on. We are, we are thinking about, like I said earlier, thinking about moving our location. And if we do, um, uh, rest assured, our model won't change much. Um, uh, as far as live music, the only thing we might do is, uh, one, one Friday a month, bring a bigger artist in that we can finally afford. Cause we'll, we're making more money and have more of a budget. But at the end of the day, as our goal is to, is to keep giving, giving newer artists a place in a platform. And with country AF radio, I think is, is, uh, I built a radio station on that website, LV local music scene 20 years ago. And um, it did well back then. So this was in my wheelhouse again to build a new one, but just with modern technology, with the app and the ability to send push notifications and like a song and, and, you know, just do some fun stuff and some radio takeover things. And uh, we've learned a lot. And um, the fact that people care and listen, it's no different than your music. I mean, we're, we're just doing it kind of the same thing, but different, you know, I mean, I want people to get to know more artists and more artists for, just another avenue for you guys to abuse we'll do it, that we're into it. You know, everybody wants to, nobody wants to listen to the same, like it's, it's such a, like I said, is why it's so crazy with, you know, re- regular iHeart radio. It's like, here's your playlist and this is what you're going to play over and over again. I'm like, think about if you go on a freaking walk for over an hour, do you want to listen to the same 14 songs for that entire hour? Like, is that what you want to do? Like, no, you want to listen to something new. It helps you, find new artists and it's a better listening experience you know right. and then they just got rid of it they just stopped doing it um what was um midland's burnt uh um midland's first big single called uh, uh um, it it's not burnout oh drinking problem drinking problems cool yeah. so the the newspaper here is the las vegas review journal where when we first started country af radio they came and they sat down with me and they did an interview with me and um uh, I started the interview with is if I hear drinking problem one more time, I'm going to shoot somebody. Like, <laughs> that's the reason why I built this radio station was because I was just tired of the same. You say 14, man, you gave them to, I say 12, but, <laughs> yeah. but it's literally, yeah. it's the same shit over and over and over. And I mean, I understand the consistency with the music to get people to like it. But then I look at the other side and you have, people like your radio team that's out there pushing a single that's damn good and belongs on the radio um that you can't get it in there because you're not friends with this guy that's up here or have a relationship or he doesn't like you or some bullshit down the road i mean i've heard stories i've got personal experience can you see that you know you know who that is i can't see it 
Is that? Oh, is that? Jackson, Jackson Mickelson? No. You don't know who that is? Uh. Probably going to delete this part anyway, but (laughs) he flew out the day before the Super Bowl. He's played at Stoney's a bunch of times. He's, he's a buddy. I picked him up at the airport, came over to my house, had our food with us, watched the, watched the game. Uh, he actually walked away with a hundred bucks because we did one of those square things. So like, then I gave him a ride to the hotel that the next night he played at for iHeart. Um, and they, he played a radio show for him for free. Um, three, four weeks later, I talked to his manager and that radio station never played his single. Oh, no, dude. It's, it's always... It's always, man. It's that that is the consistent. I have so many friends that that go through that. They'll go into a free radio, you know, show in Georgia yeah. where they normally could just, you know, put fifteen hundred people there themselves and make money, and and they'll go and play that to try to get the spins and the ad, and they won't do it. They just take advantage of the guy coming in and playing and selling the tickets. Yeah. Dude, and what's really sucks is when you have somebody who truly believes in your music at one of the stations, like would play it every day if they could. Right. But then they have three other fucking bosses they have to talk to to get to be able to spend the one. And I'm like, but you're the guy that everybody's listening to on this. Like, you're the guy. And they're like, no, that even if my boss says, yeah, he has to go get a yeah from this other boss. Dumb. And I'm like, dude, this is insane. I'll literally drop shit in because I'm in the mood, you know? Yeah. I'll, I'll play it again because I'm in the mood. I'm actually building a new bucket because our radio station has ran like a terrestrial radio station where we have uh, categories of music. Well, I'm building an, a new one. I'm in the process of putting the songs together where I, it's something I want to get, be able to drop songs into it that the system will pull and put them in every hour just a little bit more because um, like right now it does to me is on with Luke Combs and Eric Church, which to me is, I don't know if you've heard that tune. Um, oh yeah, I've heard Dude, but the guy, one of the writers on that, Ray Fulcher, is, is uh, I like that dude too. But like, I look at a song like that, and I'm like, dude, this is, this song should be played everywhere. I don't know if ter- Terrestrial plays it yet, but the end of the day is there's uh, Scott Stevens. You know who that is? Yeah. Love, mm-hmm. love that dude. Uh, Julia Cole. Uh, um, She's uh, great too. Dude, I met her at Austin Burke's wedding New Year's Eve this past year. And uh, really? I, play, I play four or five of her songs now just because. She's great. That new EP she just put out is fire too. She just sent me a, a, a brand new single. Um, Side piece? Uh, yes, dude. I haven't added it yet, but I'm like, come on. Oh, man. yeah. You'll love, you'll love that one, dude. Yeah. Yeah. I think I heard it, and I'm like, dude, you're, you're slacking. So she sends me stuff. She's funny, though, because she won't – I don't think she'll do this one-on-one thing like, like this. I don't, I don't know what her deal is. Kinda. Oh, Julia, dude. She's a hustler, man. She's I asked awesome. her. I asked her, she's like, email it to me. And I'm not, I'm not the guy that's going to, I'm not going to beat down the door just to talk to somebody, but um, I'll probably give her one more try, but she's funny. Dude, I'll, te- I'll text her and be like, you're crazy. She's a hustler, man. I, I wrote with her and have hung with her a couple of times and she's super cool and uh, very like business minded. Yeah. She, I mean, her whole family is like super smart Good. and all of, her, all of her sisters are D1 athletes and stuff. So right. uh, she's, a, she's a cool hang. Are you a college football fan? Yeah. Who's your team? I mean, it's volunteers. It's not much of a team, but <laughs> it's, well, it's the, we were good once. <laughs> I can <laughs> like, say that too. I'm a Nebraska fan, dude. Hey, dude. I love Nebraska. Yeah. I've uh, been to quite a few games. Uh, I used to travel a lot to go watch them, but um, been to a few home games and uh, uh, it's been a while. It's been a while um, since we've had a, a team to 
college college ball, no matter, it's I always say it's a win-win situation because you're watching a bunch of guys that you know are still hungry for the game. They still are passionate about it. It's it's the best to yeah. watch. You know. So- in saying that, uh, I expressed something to my girlfriend about my music and what I like to do. And I like pro football. I do not love pro football. I love college yeah. football. Yeah, um, dude, I'm the same way. I'll look at an artist, and I'm no different with an artist. I like them when they're green and they're hungry and they make mistakes and the drummer may fuck up something. Or, But I also like them tight. But then once they blow up, you know, I don't – I mean, Luke's rad. Like, I like going to watch Luke. But I can tell you I loved his show at Stoney's a lot more than I loved – I just saw him last year at Country Fan Fest. It was cool, but I liked him raw better. I think it's because you see they're trying to earn something. Yeah. You know, like yeah. – and then you eventually get to a place where they're set. It's like the iHeartRadio, man. Their set list is printed out for them. The lights are all programmed to their songs. And they right. just go out there and they do the puppet thing. And then they get back on the bus, go to the next city. Man, I'm, I think we're going to be friends. Um, there's a, uh, I've had artists that have come through. Um, I'll text Brad later some names. Um, but that the first time they came through, they were willing to do anything. And they did. And shot video with them music and all that and then they've come through two three months later and uh i've gotten that and, and oh dude and that's like i just like sit back and i'm like man i just don't understand i don't you dude you were just here three months ago why what, what makes you different now it's so i say this all the time anybody who plays music you have to have and it's like to your point where you're saying earlier it, we get up in front of people and we sing songs yeah. anybody who uh gets up and is willing to get up in front of a crowd and sing songs has to have a little bit of an ego. Cause at that point yeah. you're going, I think I'm good enough to sing in front of these people and entertain them. So right. whatever anybody says, you have to have a little bit of it. It's the guys that know it, it's, it drops once they get off the stage, you yes. know, like, and then some, it doesn't, it carries on right. Like it's the same ego from, when they're on the stage and off the stage and then the other ones are, you know, it, it's yeah. different, you know, like I have to put on a different persona. Adam Levine used to talk about it all the time too. You almost have to not be yourself when you go and do that. Because if I'm me, like I'm just like Carter, I think all artists are also extremely insecure as well. You know, that's sure. why we're songwriters. So I'm extreme. So when I go to get on a stage, I'll chew gum and become this, person that I'm for sure not when I step off the stage, but for that moment, that 90 minutes, I'm something else. I'm somewhere else, right. you know? Yeah. I think that's probably a good analogy towards it. Um, makes me want to put a new sign. We have one sign backstage right in front of the green room that says stone here at Stoney's, we have one rule and it says, don't be a dick. Um, yeah. But I need that's to a good rule. It. Yeah, it is. And you know, people look at it, they'll take pictures of it and post it, but I need to put one on the stage and uh, for when they're coming off the stage that, that probably resembles that, that, that statement that, um, that just says, um, you know, rule number two, uh, leave your ego on the stage or something. like Exactly. Go back to normal now. Yeah. (laughs) It's okay to be you right now, that sort of thing, because I mean, yeah, we, we get, I don't want to say a lot of it because I think the country world, most of the people are fairly cool and super fun to, to, to to get along with. But what I love is in our genre, the like legends, the guys that should be complete assholes are like the sweetest guys in the world, yeah. which instantly for me was like, man, why are some of these new guys that I'm on the road with so fucking mean? And then I'll go out and I'll tour with uh, Gary Allen. And dude, he was the sweetest guy. Seriously. Like yeah. his person at the show that I, I played with him in West Virginia, I'll never forget about it. It the first time I met him. First time I got to see him live and share a stage with him. 
And uh, his one of his road people found out that I was a massive fan. So he gave me balcony seats in a sold-out theater. There's 3,000 seats. He could have easily give those balcony seats to somebody else. Gave them to me and my girlfriend. Let me go up there and sit. And then his crew gave me a cake for opening the show. And then his tour manager, because he knew that I was a fan, grabbed Gary and uh, swung him in the back side, like backstage area before Gary went on stage, just so I could meet him and say hello. And when he introduced himself, he said, hey, I'm Gary. My name's yeah. Gary. Matt, and I'm like, man. Yeah, I'm not Gary yeah. Allen, but I'm just Gary. Yeah, I, my, name's, my name's Gary. I'm like, man, I, I know, <laughs> you know, but it's so cool to see, right. like, legends. And when, and I mean, multiple number ones still selling out. He still plays 80 shows a year, yep. selling out, you know, multiple seats and everywhere he goes and just the most down to earth dude and acts like it's his first day on the job. And I'm like, man, when you see guys like that, yeah. why would anybody else be any different? We had uh, Montgomery Gentry come through twice, you know, once with both of them and once with one. And uh, both times, man, they would just sit, sit at the bar before the show and shoot the shit with us and talk to us. And, um, it was kind of a new Eddie's, experience. Eddie's one of the sweetest guys in the world, man. Yeah. And I played a show with him in Ocean City right after I signed my record deal. He with Average Joe's, and of course they're on Average Joe's. So he uh, he had me come up on the bus and just talk to me about life and uh, the road and deals. And he told me like all the stuff that he'd gone through and what him and Troy had gone through with record deals and stuff because they were on average once. And then they went and their managers had them switch over to Sony for a little while. And then he said, we ended up coming right back to Average Joe's. And he was like, don't let some of those labels fool you on anything else. Stay where right. you feel like family. And yeah. dude's just one of the nicest guys in the world. You know, you were, um, Chris, the guy that owns Stoney's in Troy actually sat at the bar for a good 45 minutes to an hour, just shooting the shit, having a couple drinks. Yeah. And um, yeah, they, uh, uh, we had fun cause um, Keith Anderson comes to Stoney's a lot. And uh Dude, I love Keith Anderson. Dude, so I love messing with him because he does not like Oklahoma. He loves Oklahoma State. So really? when he comes in, I change every TV that says Keith <laughs> Anderson is an Oklahoma fan. <laughs> and oh, that's funny. He, he, I put it on his refrigerator inside the green room and everything like that, Sooner Boomer, and I was <laughs> just just yeah. to mess with him because he's such a funny guy. But I remember when, when Troy was in town and he uh, – signed one of the license plates from the state he's from and we put him up on the um around the bar and he we videotaped it and he put it over um keith anderson's we actually called keith on the phone and, and like did this video and everything like that and sent it to him uh, that's so, hilarious yeah i like the i like the guys we've had gretchen come through and she's always a sweetheart and um uh she's i mean i know that she's been through she's 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 been through the ringer but we ran into her at um uh, i want to say aiba or something la last year and uh uh, she walked up to me. She goes, Toad, I have one question for you. And I go, what's that? She goes, am I, am I going to see you next year? <laughs> That's all she said. And I was uh, like, dude, the fact that she remembered us and wants to come back and play. And I mean, that's what dude, it's all about. She sings your ass off, bro. Like barefoot, barefoot. Yeah, I mean, to every note, every yeah. note still smoked it. I opened up for her too. And like, she hasn't lost it. If anything, she's gotten even better. I don't even know how it's possible, but she right. has. I you know was, who else smokes too is Mark Wills. Have you heard Mark Wills yes, lately? Yeah, yeah, I did. Dude, I heard him at the Opry like I guess it's like five or six months ago, and he came out and sang, and I was like, he was one of the best singers ever, anyway. And then somehow right. he's gotten better. I don't know how he got even better. We saw him because I believe he's booked through Kincaid, and um, 
Um, we went out to go watch Stephanie Quayle's um, um, Opry debut and uh, Tony Jackson's Opry debut. It was the same weekend. And I think Mark Wills played both nights, but that was, that was quite the experience. I'd never been to the Opry. Uh, we, Stephanie Quayle's one of those chicks um, that, that um, we try and champion her, but we have the, the hardest time with her because I don't, not as a person, but just to get people. I mean, I love her to death. She's one of my favorites. And, um, but for, I guess, I don't know if it's the community or for the music world to take to female artists is so difficult. And yeah. Female artists are, it's a, it's, you're already like, that's funny. Me and Julia, we talked about that too. It's like already you have to be better than better, like better than great, you know? And then any of your songs, even if they're phenomenal songs, anything that a dude could get away with singing and it'd be a number one song. Right. If you try to come in at that same caliber, it's not going to be good enough to any of the radio people. It's, it's insane, dude. Like you have to, it, it's, and it's look at what it turns into too. Like a lot of those female artists, they are like legendary. You know, you got your Mary Morris, you got Ingrid who's crushing it right now. Like, yes, yes. you know, like all this and Carly Pierce, man, I freaking love that song with her and uh, Lee Bryce right oh, now. Yeah. Like they, they are, they're like just, completely different level yeah. yeah they smoke any dude on their worst day you know you th give me give me one other female artist that could have put out um one night standards other than ashley mcbride and gotten away with it oh yeah legit that's no. why i sit back and i'm like stephanie like i love what you're drinking about i love i've got your six i uh i mean the dolly stuff that she's got she's just who she is and i love her for it i just i get frustrated um, just because it's like you want this woman because she's such a neat person and, and her surroundings and um, her belief of actually why she's doing what she's doing. And like, what, what else do you have to do? I she's all in, dude. Yeah. I mean, she was all over the uh, uh, banners and stuff at CRS. And yeah. I know that like she's all self-funded and all in like, yeah. I respect the shit out of that, you know? I don't know. I don't know if you know her too well, but um, she did something for me my birthday last year. She played, um, I want to say, on my birthday at Stoney's, and she left uh, right after sound check. And my girlfriend came and picked me up and took me to dinner, and Stephanie and her husband were sitting there waiting for us. The four of us oh, that's and cool, man. She's, like I said, she's, uh, she's one of those girls that uh, I love her to death. I love what she stands for. I love her... her um, her posse of people. And if someone rubs her the wrong way, she she's forthright with it and knows that her, she's just a product of her environment, which is really, really cool. And that's why I say, we champion her and it's, uh, it's, it's, it's frustrating because you want to see her blow up and then you, you don't myself. I don't understand why, because I know her personally, um, uh, who she is on stage is who she is as a person. And you can't say that about everybody. If she stays the course, man, I'm yeah. telling you, good music and good people always win. Sometimes yeah. it just takes, it takes a long time to get there. You know? I, was just, I was just reading something about Luke Combs not too long ago about uh, a tweet he wrote like five years before he blew up. 2013, bro. He put, because I'm so close to it with Taylor, he put Hurricane out in 2015. Right. Like, and it took two and a half years for it even to start to get on the charts. Right. Uh, already like stayed the course, man. It just, yeah. you got to, you have to stay the course. And, that's the hardest part. We're our own, we're our own worst enemies. A lot of times it's, we get in our own way. If you just believe in something, believe in yourself and stay the course, it happens. I wonder how many people were over your shoulder saying, you know, just hang it up, dude. Just hang it up. I wonder how. Oh, dude, so many. 
yeah. he, he, he would get made fun of and those labels and stuff. And I went to the number one party and it's something he hadn't forgot either. He yeah. like all these other major big label refs and everything are in the room. And he's going, <laughs> there's two people in this room that truly believed in me. And that's why we're standing here today. That's and awesome. I'm grateful for them and everybody else. I'm glad you're here, but right. there's two people that believed in me, you know, I'm and, I love the never forget philosophy. I love that. Remember where you came from. Uh, I was talking to an artist last night, Scotty Alexander's his name. And he, Gary Allen comes through here, Vegas place. I think at least once a year, maybe twice, but Scotty's usually the guy that opens for him, that sort of thing. And uh, Scotty's one of those people that um, he's doing the, the Texas scene now, because that's where he just belongs and his music is for there. And uh, I love him for, it, and I love his drive. And he said something, he's like, he goes, I already have my grocery list together. The people that have believed in me from day one. And, uh, it's kind of neat to see that people do that because I don't want to say we've been burned because I don't believe anybody owes me anything. Um, but I don't like to be shunned for, for um, a radio station that didn't give you the time of day. And we're seeing that more and more because I mean, artists, they gotta, they, they gotta get what they gotta get, you know? And um, yeah. I understand that, that side of it. But don't remember. I mean, don't forget where you came from. Man, that's where I'm, I'm blessed to be where I'm at, dude. Cause yeah. you know, I, I got a whole bunch of people in that. I mean, I signed with average Joe's because it was finding stations and DSPs and people who want to take a chance and believe in music. Right. Um, whereas everything else is just kind of a bit of a, not even kind of, it's legit a hundred percent of political game, you know? It is. I don't want to say that you owe me anything, but Brad owes me something. I believe I got him out of a ticket one day. <laughs> Did you? Baby. He did. He's shaking his head going like, yeah. <laughs> I'll never forget. I'll never forget. Well, dude, I appreciate the time today. Um, I'm glad to get to know you. I can't wait. Uh, I'll get with Brad and we will work on a show, figure out when you guys are heading west and um, let's blow this thing up, grab some sushi. I don't ride street bikes, but I do ride dirt bikes. I don't know if you ride dirt bikes. Yeah, but, I mean, I'll ride anything. It's got an engine. So I, I have three. I have, I just bought a, a new 450 and I have two 250s. So let's rock. Dude, I'm I would, ready. I would love to go for a ride. I'd love to just get to know you a little bit better. And, uh, I, dude, I appreciate the time. Um, seriously. Yeah, dude, I appreciate you, man. I, and again, I'm going to say it again just because it means a lot to me. Thanks for being such a champion for new artists, dude. We Heck need yeah. people like you in our world. And it, I'm very, very grateful. Right on. Dude, tell people how to find you online real quick and then we'll let this one go. Yeah, man. Uh, you can get on Instagram, um, Sam Grow Music with the blue check, Facebook, Sam Grow Music. Um, and then my website's officialsamgrow.com. Um, all my music is streaming everywhere that you listen to it. So uh, find me. And that's me on Instagram every day. So if you want to holler at me and comment on a picture, that's me writing you back. So right on. Thanks, Sam. I'll talk to you soon, man. All right, Bo. Later.